the 11th chapter of Matthew. In just a moment, we'll read starting with the 28th verse, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Stand please as we honor God's word. As I read, you, you follow. I'm reading from the NIV, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our Father, we thank you that you invite us to come into your holy presence. And we ask, Father, that as we come today, that you would open our hearts, our minds, to receive the truth, to receive the encouragement that you have for us. Father, in a world that's so filled with turmoil, we come recognizing how we need godly peace, godly rest in our lives. And so come now, dearest Father, fill this place, fill us with your presence. And we ask this today in the name of the one who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you and be seated. Do you ever feel weary and tired and worn out and not just in physical ways? Do you ever feel like you're running on empty? Do you ever feel burdened either by something or by some things, even to the point of exhaustion? There are a lot of things in life that can bring us to this point. In the last three years, there have been stressors unlike any of us have ever seen before. It used to be that health concerns in general, the economy, life changes, thinking about the future were those kinds of issues that concerned us. But then along came the pandemic. And now in all circles, not only in church life, in planning committees and public and the media, we keep hearing about that new normal and we're not there yet. And even that uncertainty keeps bearing down on us. Some people have difficulty getting from one place to the next throughout the day. Getting from one hour or one moment to the next can sometimes seem insurmountable. A Tahoma, Washington newspaper carried the story of Tattoo the Basset Hound. Tattoo did not intend on going on an evening run one evening, but when his owner shut the dog's leash in the car door and took off for a drive with Tattoo still attached, he didn't have much choice. A motorcycle police officer, Terry Filbert, noticed a car passing by with what seemed to be something dragging behind it. In his words, that poor little basset hound was picking, up, picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could. 
Officer Philbert chased the car to a stop and Tattoo was rescued, but not before that Basset Hound with his little short legs had reached a top speed of 25 miles an hour, falling down and even rolling over in some of the times. Now you need to know, Tattoo is okay. But I ask you today, have you ever felt like little Tattoo? Picking them up and putting them down as fast as as you could, and sometimes feeling like you were rolling around or even being dragged through life sometimes. We all have responsibilities regardless of age. We have responsibilities in and out of the home, in the workplace, at school, in the community, in relationship. We have things that need fixing. We have expectations from people all around us. There are bills and debts to be taken care of. Your household, whether it's one person or two or several, requires time and effort and attention. And then in addition to all of these pressures, sometimes we take little guilt trips as well because we feel like we have failed to live up to the standards or the ideals that either we have set for ourselves or other people around us have set for us. Sometimes we find ourselves living under a dark cloud of disapproval from someone in our lives who surely must know what they're talking about. And then, as if that isn't enough, sometimes we come to the point of feeling that God must be so disappointed in me because I have failed him. Today I would first remind us that Jesus knew what it was like to be weary, to be Burdened, He knew what it was like to be rejected by the very people he had come to reach. The old prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 3 that the Messiah would be rejected and he was. In the prologue to his gospel, the apostle John said in John 1 verse 11 that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. And so when Jesus spoke these words that we read this morning from Matthew 11, he spoke as one knowing how weary his friends and followers were, how burdened they were. He knew how many of them had likely experienced those Roman taxes being levied against them and then the tax collectors, Jewish themselves, doubled or tripled the amount in order to get rich themselves. He knew how others brought their animals to the temple as atoning sacrifices for their sins and then saw those animals rejected, forcing them to have to purchase other animals from the temple in order to find righteousness from God. And then, if they couldn't afford it, there was that shame of knowing that they were a part from God because you see everything in their religion everything in their history everything in their culture told them that, that this was the way to come close to God and they couldn't do it it was to these people that Jesus brought his message of hope and rest and peace and he brings the same words to us today and so let's follow together if you will in your outlines very simply number one Come to Jesus. 
Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Two men climbed to the top of a mountain peak because one of them wanted to show the other the view that he had found. And the newcomer asked him, What brings you up here so often? It's a nice view, but it's really a hard and rough climb. And the climber replied, he said, Well, you see, it's like this. All of my troubles, all of my concerns, all of my disappointments, all of my heartaches are down there in that valley. And when I'm down there, they seem overwhelming. But when I come up here, they seem pretty small. We need to be reminded that we are not just physical and mental and emotional beings who need to be nourished physically and emotionally and mentally we have a spirit and our spirit needs to be nurtured as well and so I would ask you today not if you have but how have you been nurturing your spirit we can begin to attend to our spirit when we accept the invitation of Jesus to come and find rest and spiritual peace Jesus said come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. A large portion of that weariness and the burdens that they were carrying was a result of the requirements of the law. And Jesus addressed this in Luke chapter 11, verse 46, speaking to the Pharisees, the religious leadership, he said, you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens They can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not even lift one finger to help them. They would interpret the Bible. But then they would add their own rigid requirements in order to ensure that people would not even come close to breaking God's laws. Now, that seems like it could have been a good thing. It sounds noble. But the problem is they bypassed love and mercy. Just a couple of Sunday nights ago, we talked about how they had those laws not because they loved God. They had all of those laws instead of loving God. So how do we come to him? When a person comes to Jesus, the Bible tells us that there are a couple of things that are needed. And this applies to salvation. It also applies to believers who need that help and that encouragement and that rest for their souls. Hebrews 11.6 says, Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so we come to Jesus with the faith that he is who he claims to be and that he will give us the rest that he promises Hebrews 4.16 says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Some of your translations will say, let us approach the throne of grace boldly so that we might receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Turning to Jesus in faith is the first step. And then, number two, we connect with Jesus. Verse 29 that we read a moment ago, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you not just knowing about him 
not just knowing of him, but making that personal connection. It was several years ago, we had just come back to Florida, and I served an interim in another church that lasted almost two years. And while I was at that church, there was a senior adult couple, and they were strong supporters of the church. They were there every service that was ever held. They were there. And he was an usher. He was a greeter. I know that they were strong financial supporters of the church only because he told me on some occasions when we were around each other. And after the church called a permanent pastor, I had been gone about two weeks, and he, this friend called me and he said, can you come by the house tomorrow? And I said, sure. So I went by his house and he met me at the door. And before I could even get fully inside, he said, I wanted you to be the first to know I just became a Christian. And I think I must have had this incredulous look on my face. And he said, it finally made sense. What you had been telling us all of this time for two years, I thought that I had a relationship, but all I was doing was trying to be religious. And there's a difference. Jesus says we have to connect with him. He says, take my yoke upon you. Now, I have another sermon that goes into detail explaining how that yoke was brought out for service. Those oxen were not pets. They were work animals. And when the yoke was brought out, it was time to go to work. And all that's true, but there's another equally valid illustration in these words that Jesus used. In addition to that agricultural connection, a yoke was the metaphor that was used for someone to join with a rabbi in that day, in the first century. When someone took the yoke of a rabbi, that meant that they were becoming a submitted pupil of that teacher. It was terminology that they would have instantly recognized in the first century. When a student was called to study with a rabbi and decided to take on that rabbi's yoke, they were fully committing themselves to that rabbi. And so when Jesus called his disciples to follow him, he was using the same words that the rabbis of his day used, calling for teachers, for students to come and follow them. He was saying, come and devote yourselves to me. Follow my example. Live as I live. And then share that pattern of living with other people. That's the yoke that Jesus was referring to in that day, and it's the same thing that he's saying to us today. There are two applications. First of all, this. We will experience burdens, yes, but we will not ultimately be brought down by those burdens. Why? Because Jesus is shouldering them with us. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is life. Does that mean life is always easy? No, it doesn't. We went to visit a cousin of mine a couple of years ago. And uh, I had been there before, but for some reason on this particular trip, a, a cross-stitch plaque on the wall caught my eye. And it said, we were not promised an easy life. We were promised help to live it. 
Jesus beside us helps us shoulder life in him and in kingdom work. And that brings us to the next point. We shoulder ourselves to the master rabbi. Now don't get hung up on that term rabbi. If you have a problem with that, just use the word teacher. We shoulder ourselves with Jesus who was the master teacher. Staying connected to him will bring a restfulness to our spirits during those challenging and troublesome times. And not only that, but when people see us and they interact with us and they think of us later, we will be a source of that perfect peace and rest, even for them. When we take his yoke upon us, we then become examples worthy of being followed. We come to Jesus, we connect to Jesus, and then number three, we learn from Jesus. Not just learning about him, but learning from him. And how do we do that? We have the record of his life in God's word, those four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Gospel means the good news. And so when we read from those good news archives of his life, we see how he lived and we see who he was throughout the Gospels, but especially in the Gospel of John. Jesus made it very, very clear. He was not just like God. He wasn't just a suggestion of what people might daydream about when they try to think about what God is like. Jesus made it perfectly clear he was God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when Jesus, who is God, lives deep within our lives. We have the very power that created and sustains the universe in us. And can there be any better source for rest and peace? What is it that the shepherd Psalm, Psalm 23, tells us in verse 3, the Lord does what to our souls? He restores us. Jesus wants you to know that he and only he can restore your soul today. And before I leave this, I need to make one more point. When we have the very presence of God through Jesus Christ in our lives, we may very well be the only view of God that someone sees. When we have the presence of God through Jesus Christ, in our lives. We may be the only view of God someone sees. Let me say it another way. You will be the picture of God for many people that I will never have the opportunity to. And so once again, let's ask the question, what kind of view of God are we being? Number four today, we rest in Jesus. Jesus said, you'll find rest for your souls. Now, Jesus says that when we come to him, we'll find rest. Does that mean that we will sleep better at night? Not necessarily, although we can. <laughs> spirit and soul, not talking about the Holy Spirit, but the simple words of spirit and soul are very often used interchangeably in the scriptures. And so I believe that Jesus was talking about more than just a physical rest here. Physical exhaustion certainly can affect us emotionally, spiritually, 
But I believe that Jesus was addressing a kind of exhaustion that comes from intense hopelessness and despair. And I believe that Jesus would tell us today the very same things that he told those who would listen years ago. He would say, I didn't come to condemn you. I came to save you. Jesus would say to us today, I'm not here to make your life more difficult. I'm here to make your life more abundant. Jesus would say to us, I didn't come to try to give you the same kind of peace that the world tries to give you. I came to give you true, real, lasting peace. Why? He would say, because I'm the Prince of Peace. Jesus would say, I didn't come to try to separate you from God because someone says your sacrifice isn't good enough. Jesus would say to us today, I will be your sacrifice so that you can come to know God in a personal way and there won't be any more need for any more sacrifices. That's what the whole book of Hebrews is about in the New Testament. Jesus did not come just to give us rules and regulations. They already had that, more than 600 of them. Jesus came to show us the true grace of God. In other words, giving us something that we do not in any way deserve. And Jesus came to show us the true mercy of God as well. In other words, giving us something freely, something that we do not deserve. A young man by the name of Joseph Scriven, lost the woman he loved in death. The woman to whom he was engaged to be married died by drowning. And Scriven was unable for a very, very long time to cope with her death. And finally, after months of bitterness, he found rest for his soul. When God gave him these words to write down, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge Take it to the Lord in prayer. Your homework today is to look at some scripture passages. It's on the pastor page in your bulletins this morning. Several scripture passages from Psalms, Isaiah, and 1 Peter. Spend some time with those and then asking yourself the question, what have I been holding on to that I need to give to Jesus? What are you holding on to? that you need to give up. Don't you like that God sign out on the highway that says, got a problem? Give it to me. I'm going to be up all night anyway. <laughs> Joseph Scriven found rest when he responded to the invitation of Jesus who said, come unto me and let me give you rest. I have one last spiritual truth for us today and it comes in the form of two simple fill-in-the-blank sentences this is also 
in your bulletin outline. God does not want blank, fill in the blank, from me. God wants, fill in the blank. God does not want, fill in the blank, from me. God wants, what is it? There are a lot of ways you might think of to fill in those blanks, and any number of them might make good sentence sermons, but let me give you my answers. God does not want anything from me. God wants me. God really doesn't need or want anything from you. He wants you. There was a song written and performed by Christian singer and songwriter Mosey Lister many years ago. And it's been covered by many songs, many artists, uh, including the Booth Brothers. All of me. Not a part, but all of me. All the heart and soul of me. Jesus, I surrender. On the altar now I lay all I am today. So use me, Lord, use me anywhere at all. Though my place be great or small, let me fill it gladly. Let me live my life by your plan. Shape it with your hand. All of me through the ages yet to be, I surrender, Lord. Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17 says, talking to the God, to God, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, O God, will not despise. There's an old hymn. That's all but forgotten today. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, O weary one, lay your head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, weary, worn, and sad. And I found in him a resting place, for he has made me glad. And I close today with one last scripture passage. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because if he's smart enough and tries hard enough, it will be easy. No, that's not what it says. (laughs) You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he has everything he needs. He just needs to figure it out. No. Listen to what Isaiah is saying. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts you. That's where we find peace. That is where we find rest. Let's pray. Father, we come today. And I would pray first for myself. Because, Father, even though I trust you greatly, sometimes it seems as if peace eludes me. And so help me to claim your promise of perfect peace. Help me 
to keep my mind steadfast on you. And I would pray for others today, Father, in the very same way. There are concerns in our lives that at least at some level cause us tension, cause us stress, unrest. And so we make the prayer of the psalmist today, restore our souls. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you restore that perfect peace in our lives so that we might be an example of that godly peace to others around us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to our song of commitment this morning, there may be some things that you need to think about giving to God. He's going to be up all night anyway. There may be some things that we need to let go of and allow him to take complete control of in our lives. You can do that right where you stand. You may wish to come here at the front and kneel and pray and give some things to God in prayer. You may allow me to have the privilege of praying with you in any way that God is touching your heart today, would you listen and would you respond? Stand as we sing.